0: Thank you for joining us today. At Res Life, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, today I am going to continue with a fourth message, and it's going to be the final message, not because we're done, but because we need to... They tell me you can't do more than three or four in any series. So we may have to come back into a part two, but uh, this will be the the last installment, the fourth in some messages on end times. So we're going to go to the end of the Bible. We're going to go to the book of Revelation today. Now, a lot of people uh, think about the book of Revelation and it's end times and it's scary stuff. Uh, If you read, it's the Revelation It's not revelations, a bunch. It is the revelation, the name of the book, of Jesus Christ. It's a revelation about Jesus. It's a revelation about his kingdom. It's a revelation about what's coming. So, in fact, this is the only book that it says that there is a blessing if you just read the book. There's a blessing when we simply read the book. So in the book of Revelation, the Apostle John gives us a very vivid description of the end time beast and beast empires. So Revelation 17 in verse three. So he carried me away into the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now. These seven heads, they are seven empires that have existed or will exist, because some of those, even at the seven, had not existed yet, right? Throughout history, right? But at the end of history, of we should say it this way: the end of human government. There is going to be a resurrection of the seventh, and the seventh, by the way, is going to rule over the previous. Six, their 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 landmass, right? So the Bible clarifies and explains the passage. It says this calls for a mind of wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains. Now, mountain refers to an empire on which the woman sits. They are also seven kings. Five have fallen, ceased to exist. One king or empire is. The other is not yet. So there's one that still isn't but when it does come, it must remain for a little while and then it ceases to exist. The beast who once was and now is not is the eighth. So out of the seventh will come the eighth. He belongs to the seven and is going to his destruction. Now, The last one is the Antichrist. So there are seven heads or seven mountains, seven kings. They're symbolic of seven empires that will rule the world. And when we say the world, you'll notice that when we put these up, these are the seven empires that ruled Israel. Jerusalem. These are the empires. The Bible is not talking about the Mayan Empire or a one of the, the empires uh, in China, which had great empires. But these are specific empires that rule the Middle East. The first of all being, now, now notice it says five were. They've already passed. The Egyptian empire, the Assyrian empire, the Babylonian empire, the Persian empire, the Greek empire. Those are the five that were. But at the time that it speaks to John, this angel is speaking to John and he receives this revelation. It says, one is. Now, what was the empire that was ruling the Mediterranean and specifically the Middle East when John was alive? Everybody knows Roman Empire. So five have fallen and one is. The one that is in John's day is the Roman Empire. So the Roman Empire is the sixth. So really what we need to do is we need to find out what is the seventh, because the seventh will be, and then it will cease to exist, but it will come back again as the eighth. Now, particularly since the 1960s, especially, many, many Bible teachers have taught that this last empire will be a resurrection of the Roman Empire. That's what I was taught. I went to Bible college. That's what they taught me, right? But notice that there are five were one is. The one that is, is the Roman Empire, right? And then comes another. There's going to be another. And it will cease to exist, but it will come back again. The last empire where the Antichrist will rule. Now, we don't know that he will be the first ruler, but we do know that out of that eighth empire comes the Antichrist. So we have to identify the seventh. According to the verse, the eighth empire will be a resurrection or a revised version of the seventh empire. So when we think about this, we we immediately can eliminate the Roman Empire. Or as many Bible teachers call, would say, it's going to come out of Europe. It can't be the sixth, the seventh, and the eighth. It can't be all of them. Right? So the Bible says that one that is is going to cease to exist. Right? The Roman Empire ceased to exist. And another empire came in. And that's the seventh empire, which will come back as the eighth. By the way, ISIS was trying to be the seventh empire. That's what they were attempting to do. Right? Now, really, they're attempting to be the eighth because the seventh—I should make that the eighth. The seventh empire is the Ottoman Empire. Right? Now, the Ottoman Empire, for nearly a millennia, right? In fact, over a millennia, ruled. This is this was this was their empire. They ruled Jerusalem. They ruled Israel. They ruled part of the Roman Empire. They ruled part of the Greek Empire. They, they, they the Egyptian Empire. They, they encompassed all of those previous empires. Right? Now, the 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 Ottoman Empire, the Turkish Empire, if we might want to call it, ceased to exist in nineteen twenty four, but it conquered Jerusalem in six thirty seven. Northern Africa took Istanbul which was at that time was called Constantinople in 1453 and by the way that's when America got discovered there was no longer a land route to go to asia and so they had to find another way to get to asia in order to trade in 1492 columbus sailed the ocean blue right but it was because the ottoman empire had conquered or we could call at that time the islamic empire right had conquered constantinople changed the name into Istanbul, and there was no longer a land route to get to Asia. So we're talking about the seventh empire, which was the Ottoman Empire. In 1924, it ceased to exist. And it was divided up, and so many of the nations that we see in the Middle East today came out of that, that empire. Well, today, they are trying to rebuild and reestablish, particularly in Turkey, the, 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 the present president, Erdogan came into power in 2002. There was a coup in 2016. And in 2016, when that coup failed, he took complete control of the military, complete control of the media, complete control of the judiciary system. And he is attempting to reestablish the caliphate. Uh, the, the, the Iranians want to do the same thing, right? I'm just going to say they're going to fail because they did not have the Ottoman, they, they, they were not the Islamic empire that ruled the world. It came, the, the, that part of the world. It was the, the Turkish empire that, that ruled that part of the world. So at some point, there's going to be a resurrection of this Muslim caliphate. And, and I'm just going to remind you, that the Antichrist will be Muslim. Now, the Bible is very clear about this, Revelation chapter 20. Let me just read. Then I saw the souls of those who'd been beheaded for their witness to Jesus and the word of God. What group is it that cuts people's heads off? The the Taliban. It it, it is Islamic extremists that are constantly cutting people's heads off. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. When you disagree with the Antichrist, you don't follow, you don't fall into line, he cuts your head off. It's going to be an Islamic resurrection of that Muslim Islamic empire. It's referred to as a caliphate. right It's a political religious state. Right? Now, now in Islam, there cannot be a political state and then a religious group. The two are always together. right It is comprised of Muslim lands and Muslim communities, wherever they are, in whatever part of the world that they are. So following the death of Muhammad, a caliphate, a ruler, literally the word means successor, would rule over the Islamic empire. He had political authority and a degree of spiritual authority. Not as much authority as, Muslim, as, as, as Muhammad had, but a degree of authority. So we've had five. When, when John was writing, five empires, there was one that was, the Roman Empire. It was replaced by the Islamic Empire, which will exist for a time, the Bible says here in this verse, it will cease to exist, and it will come back again. The eighth is of the seventh. So there's going to be an Islamic empire that is going to rise up and is going to begin to take control in that part of the world. At some point, the Antichrist will be the one who takes control of that empire. Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. The man of sin, the Antichrist, is revealed the son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called god or that is worshipped so that he sits as god in the temple of god and shows himself that he is god now we talked about this last week daniel prophesied that there was going to be 7 years in which the antichrist would make a treaty with israel Halfway through, seven, so it would be three and a half years in, he goes into the temple and he stops the sacrifices and he declares himself to be God. That's why we know that at some point, there's going to be some form of worship, a Jewish temple on the temple mount. It is going to happen. Prophesied right here. Verse seven, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Now, we told you, you are not going to be here when the Antichrist shows up. The Bible says there is something that is restraining, that is keeping the Antichrist from being revealed. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It is the Holy Spirit, it's the church that keeps the Antichrist from being revealed. Jesus said, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. And while the church is here, the spirit of God is moving, the Antichrist cannot be revealed. Then the lawless one, the Antichrist, will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one, the Antichrist, is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. So it is the church, it's the spirit of God that is restraining. Now the Antichrist is coming, but the Antichrist spirit is already in the world, right? John talked about that in 1 John, the fourth chapter. He said, and this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and is now already in the world. So there is going to be a physical person that is the Antichrist, but his spirit is already here. He's referred to as the beast in the book of Revelation. But how many you know it talks about Eight beast kingdoms. There's eight kingdoms where the Antichrist is influencing, where his policies are going forth. Now, let me say this the, the church is to be countercultural. The church has always been countercultural. What the culture accepts, the church does not accept. Uh, let's take first, second, third century. Uh, one of the very, very popular entertainments of the time with the gladiatorial games. But a Christian would never go to a gladiatorial game for blood sport. They stood against them. Uh, the Christians, for example, they, in, in the Roman Empire, it was accepted to commit suicide. If, if you had difficulties, you, you had a sickness, suicide was accepted. Christians said no. Abortion was common. Christians said no. Infanticide. If you had a child, and, and that child was the wrong gender, or you didn't want a child, or, or that child had some deformity. In, in Roman culture, you were supposed to take it down to a riverbank and just let it be. Now, it's very interesting. You know who would save all those kids that they could? The Christians would come by and adopt them all. They would come and they would take them. Uh, euthanasia, again, was, was commonly practiced in the Roman Empire, but the, the Christians said, no, that's not right. God is for life, all right? Emperor worship. If you were to go through a Roman city, you would see statues of the emperor, and there'd be a little flame right next to it. And you're supposed to come by and take a little bit of incense and put it on that that fire and show your your honoring and your worship of the emperor. The Christians said, no, we won't do that. They said, there's just one God. There's only one that we're worshiping. Idolatry, cremation, homosexuality, divorce, promiscuity, adultery, fornication, all of those things. Christians stood against. Now, now, they were not so much against each one of those, but there were reasons that they were for something else. How many of you know we're, 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 we're against suicide because we're for life? Right? We're for life, right? And all of those things I mentioned, those are things that, that, that the Antichrist spirit brings. Now, notice that the, the, all of these empires are referred to as beast empires. The beast is the Antichrist himself. But they're all influenced, influenced by the Antichrist spirit. And the Antichrist spirit, listen, works more than any other way through politics. You say, show me that in the Bible. I, I, I could talk to you for an hour about that. Let me just give you a little bit. Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel is prophesying. God says, son of man, say to the prince of Tyre. Thus says the Lord God, because your heart is lifted up and you say, I am God and I am in the seat of God's in the midst of the sea. God says, yet you're a man and not God, though you set your heart as the heart of God. So he begins prophesying to the prince of Tyre, but then it switches over and he prophesies to the king of Tyre. Who is it? It's Satan himself. It is, this man is so possessed by the devil He believes he's God. He starts prophesying to the prince, the man, but continues his prophecy to the prince, not to the prince, but to the king, to the spirit that is behind that. And and if you look, uh, uh, there is no question. The king of Tyre was in the Garden of Eden. I mean, you know, that's not some guy that you know. This was not a man that was born. It talks in Ezekiel uh, chapter 28, how the day that he was created, there were musical instruments put in his body. It's talking specifically about Satan. He moves in politics, through politicians, and with politics. Acts chapter 13. Now, when we had gone through the island of Patmos, we found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew whose name was Bar-Jesus, who was with the proconsul. Now, the proconsul is the governor. And where do you find this man who is literally full, who is literally demon-possessed with the, with the antichrist spirit? He tries to withstand them to keep the proconsul from hearing the word of God. He is right there next to the governor, next to the most powerful political figure that there was. And again, beast empires, antichrist spirit in every one of those empires, right? So... What what I want to do is is I just want to show you um, a little bit of the political, how can I say this, climate that you and I are living in today. Remember, the Antichrist is coming, but the spirit of the Antichrist, the Bible says, is already here. So what has happened is this. There are spiritual issues, deeply spiritual issues that have become political hot points. But they aren't really political issues. They are spiritual issues. When Joshua is going into the promised land, they've just crossed over and he sees a man standing with a sword drawn. And so he said, are you for us or are you for our enemies? And he said, no, I'm not for you. And I'm not for your enemies, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said, what does my Lord say to his servant? Now, this is a Christophany. You say, what's that? That's an Old Testament appearance of Jesus. And when Jesus shows up and Joshua wants to know, are you on our side or are you on their side? He says, no. So let me put it to you straight. Jesus is not on the Republican side. He's not on the independent side. And he's not on the Democrat side. He's on his side. And as believers, listen, he is our Lord, right? And he said, pray your kingdom, come. See, God's will is to be done where? On earth. You see, so often, particularly in Western Christianity, we think the whole deal is about going someplace to heaven. It's not. It's about his kingdom. Now, the Bible says, and of the increase of his government, everybody just shout government, there will be no end. Jesus doesn't just come to be a spiritual savior. He comes to as King of kings, Lord of roars, to rule and to reign, and of the increase of his government, there will be no end. Now, the number one issue with Christianity is life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. Life. So I, I want to just simply read to you a couple of platforms. Um, I'm only going to read two because they are the main, main two, but the Republican platform simply says, Now I'm just reading. Now I want you to think about this. Is this platform one that's kingdom of God, or is this platform other than the kingdom of God? And simply answer the question yourself. Okay. The constitution guarantees that no one will be deprived of life, liberty, or property. Now somebody, I just want you to understand, platforms are what matters. Somebody says, yeah, but I don't like that guy. I don't like him either. All right. But it's not about whether I like a guy or don't like a guy or a gal. It's about a platform, All right? All right. Life, liberty, or property deliberately echoes the Declaration of Independence Proclamation that all are endowed by their Creator with an inalienable right to life. Accordingly, we assert the sanctity of human life and affirm that the unborn child has a fundamental right to life which cannot be infringed. We support a human life amendment to the Constitution and legislation to make clear that the 14th Amendment protects protections apply to children before birth. Now, that is a quote, a quote from the Republican platform. No, no, don't. No, 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 no. Listen, listen. Democratic Party platform statement. We will appoint U.S. Supreme Court justices and federal judges who will respect and enforce fundamental precedent, including Roe v. Wade. Democrats believe every woman should be able to access high quality reproductive health care services, including safe and legal abortion. We oppose and will fight to overturn federal and state laws that create barriers to women's reproductive health and rights. Now, the the, the number one provider of uh, abortion in America is Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger is the founder of Planned Parenthood. And I want to read to you a couple of quotes from her. She said, birth control must lead ultimately to a cleaner race. We should hire three or four colored ministers, preferably with social service backgrounds, with engaging personalities. The most successful educational approach to the Negro, this is her talking, is through a religious appeal. We don't want the word to go out that we want to exterminate the Negro population. That's a quote. Again, another quote. Slavs, Latin, and Hebrew immigrants are human weeds. A dead weight of human waste. Blacks, soldiers, Jews are a menace to the race. Eugenic sterilization is an urgent need. We must prevent multiplication of bad stock. Now, I've got a picture here of her speaking, which she often did at a KKK rally. That's where, that's where she was at. not today in America. Oh, by the way, there have been 18 million black babies supported since Roe v. Wade. Now, that is a horrendous number. But estimates, and these are just estimates, because those children would have had children. Who would have had children? And estimates now are between 50 and 80 million American black babies do not exist because of abortion. See, when Cain killed Abel, our English Bible says, God said, his blood cries out to me from the ground. The Hebrew says his bloods. Because Cain didn't just kill Abel. He killed every one of Abel's descendants. Every one of his descendants. God said to Jeremiah, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations. Every child that's been aborted, God had a plan for that child. And what a horrendous thing is going on, partial birth abortion. The baby goes full term, 39 weeks. And then as the head is protruding, a instrument is stuck in the back of the skull and something is inserted to suck the brains out. Now, I'm sure that there are some that, as we even talk about this, your story intersects with what we're talking about, the story of your life. I want you to know that, that in Jesus, there is forgiveness. There is forgiveness and there is healing and you can be made whole. I am not sharing this to, to drag something up. All right? But the, 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 the argument that is used today is the same argument that slave owners used. They said, it's my property. My property, and I can do what I want with it. It's the same argument. It's just 150 years later. Uh, I've got a picture here, just some some still pictures. I, I tried to get the ultrasound, but for some reasons we could not. This is a a 20 week old ultrasound. The baby is 20 weeks old, so just about half 39 weeks is full gestation. All right. So so this woman is is, is barely halfway through her pregnancy. That's a picture. That baby, they say they'll smile. They're sucking their thumb. They can feel pain. right. Uh, I just want you to consider which of the two platforms is biblical and which one of those two platforms would you say is not a biblical stand? Because we want, I'm not, a Republican or a Democrat or a libertarian, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. Now, there are people that are right here that that you've gotten saved in the last four years. And no one has ever explained to you about the kingdom of God and what important issues there are in the kingdom of God. Um, I'm just going to real quickly hit hit Israel. And I'm not going to read everything, but if you read the two platforms... There's this really, it sounds like there's just one difference. One is for a two state solution, and the, the Democrats are for a two state solution, and the Republicans are for a one state solution. Right? Now, that may not seem like much to you, but it's extremely important. Joel chapter 3, God speaking, I will gather all nations, I'll bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat. That's the valley of Armageddon. I'll enter into judgment with them there on the count of my people, my heritage, Israel. Whom they scattered among the nations and also because they have divided my land. They've divided up my land. Two state solution, one state solution. God says, do not divide my land. Do not divide my land. Uh, one more thought and I'm going to close. Republican Party concerning marriage and sexuality. Foremost among the institutions is the American family. It is the foundation of civil society. The cornerstone of the family is natural marriage, the union of one man and one woman. We oppose the imposition of a social and cultural revolution upon the American people by wrongly redefining sex discrimination, reshaping our entire society to fit the mold of an ideology alien to American history and tradition. Now, I'm just going to give you a couple scriptures here. 1 Thessalonians 4 says, this is the will of God, that you abstain from sexual immorality, right? Your sanctification, that you abstain from sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality? Sexual immorality is all sex except between husband and wife. Husband and wife. Want to read the Democrat Party platform? Democrats applaud this year's U.S. Supreme Court decision that made it clear that employment discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity violates the law. We will fight to enact the Equality Act. We will work to ensure LBGDQ people are not discriminated against when seeking to adopt or foster children. Protect LBGT children from bullying and assault and guarantee transgender students access to facilities based on their gender identity. Uh, Just consider which one best represents the kingdom of God, because you and I are not Democrats or Republicans or Libertarians or Independents. If we're not independent, because we have a king, we have a Lord, and we need to follow the clear teachings of Scripture When we vote, so I'm just asking you to consider these things. Right? Again, what we want to do, we want to please our king. But that's what we want to do, right? He comes with the king. His his message: repent, change the way you think, because the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God is here, and of the increase of His government, there will be no. End. Would you please bow your heads for just a moment? I was reading in Jeremiah this week. In the 23rd verse of the 23rd chapter, just jumped out. at it. God said, I am a God near at hand, says the Lord, and not a God far off. You know, so many people think of God as just being distant, unknowing, unconcerned. But God is a God near at hand, and there is no situation that you're facing. There is no problem, there's no difficulty, there's no addiction. There is nothing that goes on in your life or in my life that God does not know and God is not concerned. He is near at hand, he is not far off. Peter said this, the day the church is just being, really being born, he says, repent therefore, and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that times of refreshing may come to you from the presence of the Lord. And I know in in a group of of this size, there there are some here that you don't know where you stand with God. You're just like, "I, I hope I'm okay. But you need to know that you're okay. You need to know you're right with God. The Bible says, we've written these things to you that you may know that you have everlasting life you're not supposed to die and find out if you made it to heaven you're supposed to know and there's others you're just you're away from God at one time you live for the Lord Hosea said it so well he said come let us take words and let us return to the Lord and if you're away from God today I, I want to lead you in a prayer to come back to God so I'm going to ask everybody Those that are here, those that are watching online, I want you to put one hand over your heart. Lift your other hand towards heaven. That's where our help comes from. That's where our king is. I want you to pray this prayer. Make these words your own. Say it out loud. Say, oh God, I believe Jesus died on the cross. I believe his blood paid for my sins. And I believe that he rose again. I give him all of my heart and all of my life. I hold nothing back. Jesus is my King. Jesus is my Lord. And I am going to live for him every day. I thank you. I'm a part of your kingdom, that my past is gone. And I'm a part of your family today and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.